This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. I am fighting through a Tanucci's food coma to bring you Scoop Podcast episode 114. Happy holidays, everyone. It's a two-podcast week. This will be interview-intensive. We will have Thad Levine, Twins General Manager, plus I'm sitting down with Mark Coyle. I'm taping Thad Levine here on Wednesday late afternoon. Then I'm sitting down with Mark Coyle on Thursday morning, the Gophers Athletic Director. So presuming I can turn that interview in time, get it posted. I have some vacation days I need to burn, so I'm out of the office on Friday. So presuming I can turn that interview and put it in audio form, This podcast, episode 114, should be the second of the week. We did episode 113 earlier in the week. Jamal Crawford was on. Fran Fraschilla was on. We had all sorts of notes. So we'll probably drop in a note or two in this one. But this will be interview intensive. Thad Levine on the winter meetings beginning next week in Orlando. Then Mark Coyle on all things Gophers Athletics. Be sure to support the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast, Running Tap, running-tap.com. They deliver local beer right to you. Think about all the great local beer produced. They will deliver that beer right to you if you use the promo code THESCOOP002, THESCOOP002. You get $20 off your order of $30 or more. I've heard from a number of you via email or via Twitter how much you enjoy Running Tap. It is fantastic. If you're a beer connoisseur, check them out. Running-tap.com. All right, let's get to Twins GM, Thad Levine. Thad, always appreciate your time for the podcast. Is right now, is it safe to say this is the calm before the storm, that pretty soon here things are about to really pick up? I think we're starting to see the storm front roll in. It's... uh... It's been remarkably busy. I think the, the what, what's transpired in the last week, which is the narrowing of the field from 30 teams aspiring to court Shohei Otani to being narrowed down to seven, has uh, unleashed the other 23 teams on the free agent market and on one another. And so there's been a lot more active conversations here uh, this week leading into the winter meetings. Take us through what a day in the life of Thad Levine is like right now. I mean, are you on the phone from pretty much 7 a.m. until 11 o'clock at night? I, you know, I, th- I think you're, you're available certainly during that time. It's, it's a blend of talking to agents who represent free agents who you have interest in to talking to agents who want you to have interest in their players to talking to clubs about potential trades. And then interspersed in that is a constant ongoing dialogue with you know, our inner circle of decision makers here, as well as our scouts in the field who aren't present and getting their feedback on each change in machination. And, and then, you know, running dialogue with Dave St. Peter and Jim Polat about the opportunities that we believe are here present to, to impact the future of the franchise. How do you guys so it's, div- it's a lot of conversations, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it would be. I mean, how do you, Thad, how do you guys divvy up the, the inner circle? Like, are you one that likes talking to agents, or is that Rob Antney? You know, what does Derek do? Is Derek more talking to teams? I mean, you've said in the past that you guys divide up who talks to, you know, what team. Is that still the case here in the offseason? It is, absolutely. So I think we're we're blessed, and I think this really is more reflective of the wave of the now for professional sports. I, I'm not sure how many teams have one individual who's the point of contact for all agents in, in all teams anymore. So between Rob, myself, and Derek, we split up the agents, we split up the clubs, uh, we run points on them, and we try to update each other as as, as consistently as we possibly can. Uh, and then we're also gaining the 
the insight of you know guys like Mike Radcliffe and Vern Followell and Darren and Sean Johnson out in the field uh, to make sure we're connected with those guys and getting their perspectives constantly. And, and then we're also running everything through our internal group of, of talent evaluators and analytics folks. So it, it's a running dialogue. It, it's really more than a one-person job at this point. We're, we're blessed to have three. Is it a foregone conclusion, Thad, that by the end of next week, by the time you leave Orlando, that you will have acquired some sort of pitcher, whether it's a reliever or a starter? I, I, it's hard to prognosticate whether it's a foregone conclusion. I, you know, we continue to have active dialogue with a lot of teams in the trade front, a lot of agents on the free agent front. I, I do think pursuits are, are taking another higher level of pitch. I think clarity is starting to become a little bit more more there and present for the agents relative to what types of deals their, their clients are going to get. So it does feel like the, the market itself is starting to move a little bit, but you know, it takes, it takes another person to, to punch your dance card. So we're, we're going to be out there with our shoes on ready to, to, to do a little tangoing and we're hopeful somebody will join us here soon. How open-minded are you guys on the trade front? I mean, heck is, is a trade maybe even more likely than a free agent signing? Uh, it's really, it's really hard, hard to, hard to judge. We, we have, I think what we're seeing in the last couple off seasons that I've participated in, you know, we, we go to the free agent market first because we'd much rather spend money than spend prospect and currency. Uh, we find that the, the asks are pretty high as well. They should be to start the, the off season. Then you go to the trade market, you find the same and you go back to the free agent market. And then what, what inevitably happens is uh, either the, the asks come down a little bit or your eye level goes up a little bit or the combination therein, and you get a deal done. So hard to really handicap which is going to likely happen first, but we're, we're spreading ourselves out to make sure that we are keeping our, our eyes perspective-wise across the whole marketplace. We're not hyper-focused right now. We're really casting the net pretty wide, and we've got a prep list of people we're targeting, but it's not the exclusion of listening to calls as they come in as well. I have no idea if Mike Miner was a guy you were targeting, not targeting. He goes to your former team, three years, $28 million to the Rangers. Does that deal for that pitcher, does that impact you guys at all? How does that impact the market? I'm just looking at that, and I'm saying Mike Miner, three years, 28? I'm blown away by that contract. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think what we're finding in the game is is a little bit of a shift. We're, we're starting to value guys who are really capable of pitching the last nine outs of the game. No, I know – Texas, in this instance, will give him every chance to start. I've got to believe they're looking at it as kind of the fallback would be for him to be, whether he's a closer there or pitching the eighth eighth or seventh and eighth, you know, is yet to be determined. But the value that I think we're starting to place on uh, those types of pitchers, the versatile guys who are capable of being in your rotation for part of the year, potentially in the bullpen for your playoffs, uh, those guys are, are worth a lot, and I think we saw it in, in this this iteration of the, the postseason. Uh, a lot of those guys were on display. Uh, the more versatile you, versatility you can have in your 12-man pitching staff, I think the better off you are. So th- this may be the first of several deals of this ilk uh, this offseason. Uh, we, will, we will monitor it, and we'll see. I mean, I think about internally. I mean, you have a guy in Trevor May. You think about him. I mean, that is one heck of an addition to the 2018 team. I mean, with his flexibility, his versatility, he can start, he can relieve. And I think we look at our bullpen as it's currently constituted. We have a lot of guys who are capable of getting more than just three outs. Point of fact, I think we have a lot of guys who can get somewhere between four and nine outs in a clip, and Trevor's certainly one of those guys. 
you know, you, you hate to lose a guy of Tr- Trevor's ability to a, a disabled placement for the whole year. Uh, the silver lining of it is you walk into the next year and you feel like you've acquired a free agent uh, without having to spend any money to do so. So he, he's coming back to us, and he's a guy who kind of just sits in the wings. Uh, he'll come in stretch, to stretch out as a starter. He may not be ready as of opening day, but we look at him as like bona fide starter depth uh, to start the season with a chance to really impact our 12-man pitching staff throughout the course of the year. Who are some of those other guys in the bullpen that you're referencing when you say four to nine outs? I mean, Lyle's a free agent. I mean, who else, I guess? I'm thinking of Duffy. I'm thinking of Rogers. I think think Moya has the ability to do that for you. Hildenberger's given us more than an inning. Presley's given us more than an inning. You know, Busenitz has done it. I, I think, quite frankly, we have very few guys in our bullpen as it's currently set up who are really tethered to certainly less than three outs. And even on the three out metric, I think what we saw Paul do last year is he rode the hot hand at times. He did. And yeah. you know, sometimes he used those guys for two to three outs. Other times he was willing to use those guys for four to six. And I, I do think that helps weather the time for, for the rest of the pen and gives some guys some time down. Is there a chance that Hildenberger is your closer or will you guys go out and get a closer this, this winter? You know, I think I think what Trevor did this year was really established that in his first stint in the big leagues that he was able to get some of the best hitters in the American League out and when the game was on the line. And I think that's extremely valuable. I, I think he will be given opportunities to continue to do that late in the game. But I think our hope would be that we're going to add some guys to the arsenal towards the back end. I think we just saw the, the tremendous value of having the veteran presences of Brandon Kinsler, Matt Belisle, Craig Breslow in the bullpen last year. I think our goal will be before we end up going to Fort Myers here in February is to add players of that ilk to our mix. Now, whether they end up closing or not is you know up to Paul and how he wants to use the staff. But I do think we aspire to add some some form of veteran presence into the bullpen just to, to just to anchor that unit. Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple podcast. And then, you know, you get to the end of the game, and we have the same sort of thing. For some reason, and I have no idea why, maybe this is how they blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, the Atlanta Falcons decide to kick a field goal, which is one of the worst coaching decisions I have ever seen in my life. With five minutes left, they... I don't know if they ran out of timeout. They must have run out of timeouts on the last drive, but they were getting grinded out on the other side. So they've got five minutes left, third and short, and they decide to kick a field goal that would still put them down in the game. Just a baffling decision. But you know what the Vikings did? They gave them no chance to to redeem themselves after that horrible decision. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. I know you have a lot of opinions, a lot of theories. What's your theory overall on giving any free agent pitcher a six-year deal? I, I think there's I think there's two sides to that coin. And I'd say on the one side, there's kind of the rational, empirical side, which is to say that, you know, more often than not, those deals come with some, some meaningful risk mm-hmm. uh, and, and that the player is probably likely at some point to, to have a hiccup, whether that's a decline in talent or more likely an injury of some variety uh, that costs you some of the, that six-year period. On the other side of the coin, uh, you know, we're in a business that's hy- hyper-competitive, and our aspirations are to win, not, not just to win an award at the end of the year for being the most prudent 
front office. And so there's going to be times in, in our cycle where it'll be right for us to take a risk and maybe be a little bit less rational in our decision making. We're going to still try to be as strategic and smart as we possibly can. But there'll be times where it, w- it will be smart for us to make it a little bit more of a higher risk move. And that's going to be a decision that will be governed based upon a timing assessment uh, as well as like a talent assessment of the player. We're talking to you right now. You're at Target Field, right? Is that accurate? That is. Okay. Do you wish you were in Los Angeles? Maybe you don't with, with the wildfires, but do you wish that you would have had a chance this week to meet face-to-face with, with Otani? Of course. Like in, in the game, you know, you, you want to be on the, on the most high-stress, high-impact stages you can be on. You know, I want our players to be able to perform in the playoffs and, and ultimately get a chance to perform in the stage in the World Series. I, I want us to be challenged to try to court the best players in the world. Uh, so, yes, that, that was something we were striving for. We had so many people in our organization really across so many different departments who put a lot of time into preparing a presentation to give us an opportunity to go to Los Angeles and sit down with Shohei Otani and his agent. It didn't work out that way, and, you know, we, we obviously – we're disappointed by that, but you know, in this in this game, today's plan B becomes tomorrow's plan A. You got to make adjustments. We're not going to put all of our eggs in any one basket, and you know, we certainly wish him the best of luck. And uh, we're we're prepared though to move on and make the next decision that has a chance to impact the 2018 Minnesota Twins. All those hours that were put into the to the detailed presentation that you wanted to present to Otani, did did his agent Nez Bolelo, did he get a chance to see some of that? Have a sense of, of what you guys were selling? He did, absolutely. You know, I, I take I take them on face value that both the agency, uh, somebody in the agency went through every presentation and, and so too did the, the player. So I think they got every opportunity to see what we felt were the best assets of both our marketplace and our team. I you know, in this instance I you know, there was clearly some criteria in the decision making which cleaved us out of the process, which is unfortunate, but that was certainly beyond our control. And I can attest to the hard work our group put in that it certainly wasn't from a lack of effort. And I don't think it was from the, the quality of, of the presentation. Have you had a chance to talk to you, Darvish? Uh, so we, we, we have had conversations with people who have conversations with them. And yeah, well, you know, in today's yeah. day and age, I think sometimes when uh, we say we have conversations with people. We we actually mean we've texted them. Yeah. So in that that's con- okay. In that, con- in, in that context, I believe I've spoken to him. Yeah. Okay. And he got back to you with more than like an yeah. emoji. <laughs> he did. He did. I mean, is there genuine interest? I mean, like, should Twins fans have some level of excitement that there's at least a chance? I mean, we're just we're not used to seeing. You know, the poll ads, you know, the front office that giving out, you know, a deal that it would take to, to land a free agent of of use ability and all that. I mean, it's just it's it's unheard of around here. We're just not used to it. I mean, should Twins fans be excited or are you just one of a handful of teams in the mix there? So I, I would say this, like, I, I don't think we're going to speak specifically about any one player that we may be pursuing or not pursuing but I, I do think the one thing I would hope our fans would take away from this is whatever the outcome may be of what we ultimately do this offseason, one thing that has been made very clear to us through our conversations with, with ownership and the team president is that they want to know what it would take to acquire players out in the marketplace. They want to nice. know if we'd recommend going to that great length to acquire players on the marketplace. 
so the, the, the conception that maybe we are only allowed to pursue certain players at certain dollar amounts, uh, I can attest to is not necessarily the case. And as I mentioned, as we were talking earlier, I think if, if it's the right guy and it's the right time and we recommend it, I think we'll at least have the ability to have an audience to have that conversation. How that ultimately goes, you know, that, that's, that's for down the road. But uh, that's the part that I'm excited about. Uh, whether or not the outcome you know, comes our way, you know, time will tell. Do you get the sense that fans are getting antsy? Heck, us, us media jackals are, are getting antsy. Maybe it's, maybe it's me because, heck, you know, doing some work with the NBA, the NFL, the NHL. I mean, free agency, it's snap of the fingers. Like, guys are off the board within 24 to 48 hours. Heck, with tampering, guys have deals done before free agency even starts. But in, in baseball, it's a slow play. It seems like this winter it's even more of a slow play. So many people are waiting, not just for you guys, but for many teams to do something. It's not lost on us either, right? You know, I do think patience is often rewarded in these instances. It's, you know, when you have a need on your team, and I think we do have a need on our team, you have an aspiration to try to fill it and address it and try to really start game planning for the upcoming season. The way the market's moved, and it's not just this offseason, it's been the last few you really have to constantly remind yourself that, you know, both, you know, Derek has this huge board in his office of how we're prepping up the entire class. And there are very few magnets that have come off that board. So anytime you have that moment where you feel as if, uh, you know, things are moving slowly for us, you remind yourself they're really moving slowly for the industry and we're not behind anybody else at this point. We'll, we'll be patient. We'll continue to have conversations and we'll be prepared to strike when the right deal's out there. Many of those magnets have names of, of free agent hitters, right-handed hitters. Are you guys looking for a hitter, or is pretty much all the focus on pitching? We're looking to improve our team, both from a quality standpoint as well as a depth standpoint. So, you know, we're, we're open to all sorts of things that we could do. I mean, needless to say, in, in the trade markets, the, a lot of our players that are most attractive to other teams are our position players. So we're, we're constantly monitoring that market as well. But, uh, you know, we've, we, we've made it very clear, both internally and externally, our focus this offseason really is more on the pitching front. I know a good right-handed hitter I'd love to see, you know, be in the lineup. I don't know what's realistic. 153 games next year, 154 is Miguel Sano. How, how is Miguel Sano doing? Uh, been very encouraging. He, he had the surgery, was up and walking, I think, within 48 hours. Uh, he is going to be reporting to Fort Myers here soon where he will be committed to a uh, rehab program. Once he's ready to go, full go baseball activities and is cleared, he'll probably return to the Dominican at that point and try to conduct his normal off season. But I think all, all signs point to the fact that he's extremely committed and he's very much on plan for recovery, which is, you know, arguably the best news for us this off season. What is a normal, you know, quote unquote, what is a normal off season for Miguel? And do things need to change? You know, I mean, everybody's wondering about his weight. That I mean, does he have to change some things this off season? You know, so the normal off season for him is working with a specific uh, trainer in the Dominican Republic, and the, this trainer has a little bit more of a focus on his offensive and defensive approaches. And so, I think to your point, we're going to try to infuse a, a little bit more, and then we'll be able to do this while he's in Fort Myers a little bit more of a commitment to the, the strength and conditioning and, and literally the conditioning part of the strength and conditioning. Uh, we're going to introduce some, some nutritional options for him. You know, as he gets older, he's going to continue to get bigger and he's going to need to monitor those sorts of things. And 
our ongoing challenge to Miguel is be as impactful on the defensive side as you are on the offensive side. And if he stays committed to that plan, I think he will be in good stead heading into 2018. How many jobs do you still need to fill? Like, have you hired all the trainers you need to hire? I saw that you just hired a minor league pitching coordinator. I mean, are you pretty much filling all the spots that you have open? Yeah, we, we are almost done. It's a great question. We're, we're almost done in that well, one. We'll have a, a little bit of a release down down the road when we have all of that stuff locked in. It's, it's a part of the offseason that, you know, the fans don't really get to hear about, but it's something that we are very, very engaged in. We're very, very mindful and thoughtful of the people we bring into the organization because uh, the way Jim Poled wants this organization run, it's like family. So whoever comes in, he wants to have the chance to really grow and develop and stay with us for, for a long time. So we take that very seriously on the front end, and we've had a lot of fun. It's been very exhilarating to add people to the staff because I think it speaks to the future, and, and it's really stimulated a lot of great discussion as we brought in people from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of new fresh ideas, and I look forward to making that announcement at some point here in short order. Tell us about the the new pitching coordinator, the minor league pitching coordinator, and then you brought in, did you bring in Bob McClure for, for some gig? We did. Uh, Bob McClure is coming in. He's going to be a tremendous asset for us. Bob McClure obviously has had a, a very successful major league pitching yeah. career, followed up by a very successful uh, major league coaching career, and he is going to really be a tremendous mentor, I think, to both a first-time major league pitching coach a first-time farm director, and a first-time minor league pitching coordinator. He also has a keen interest in analytics, and I think he's going to serve as a, a great conduit between the analytics on the pitching side and our pitching coaches throughout our major and minor leagues. So we're really excited about bringing Bob on and all of his experience, and he will be down in spring training with us for the duration and then kind of splitting time between the major leagues and the minor leagues as the season's open. Pete Mackey is going to be our, our our pitching coordinator. He's joining us from Duke University, and I think this is you know the the first of what could be many down the road of examples of us kind of going outside of the the immediate Major League Baseball uh, kind of industry window mm-hmm. to, to hire somebody. And I think we're very excited about Pete. He's had a ton of success both at Columbia and at Duke, where he has implemented. A lot of the track man and pitch FX stuff, as well as the analytics into his coaching plans that he has put together for all of his pitchers, who, who by by and large have had meaningful success under his guidance. And so we're very excited about bringing both those men into our organization. I'll let you run after a couple final points. How, how expansive, how detailed is, is next week in Orlando? I mean, how many staff members will you guys have down there? You know, the, the, the winter meetings have changed a little bit in my career. It used to be you'd bring your entire pro scouting staff and you'd have uh, a lot of meetings. Those guys would then filter throughout the, the lobby and get dope from all the other teams and bring it back to us. Uh, with the advent of social media and all the, the f- people such as yourself working out there, like uh, we, we don't necessarily need to work the lobbies quite as hard. The, the rumors kind of come to us. And so we're, we're going to be a little bit more targeted in our group down there i try to be a little bit more productive in our conversations and direct uh you know we used to be where you would literally try to sit down with somewhere between 20 and 29 other clubs i think it's more likely you now kind of have more in-depth conversations with six to 12 clubs and so that's kind of where we'll be and we'll also have a number of conversations with agents as well while we're down there uh we got a lot of uh, things already on the schedule many more to come as we head down there you want to detail that schedule? You want to tell us the teams right now? 
<laughs> I, I'm happy to email it to you after we come back from Orlando. <laughs> I figured I'd ask. How happy are you, Thad, for Aaron Boone, somebody you got to know recently? How happy are you that, that he landed the Yankees managerial job? Uh, great, great man, great baseball mind, great family man. I, I think he's going to be exceptional in that role. I, I think, you know, as you as you look back, and I, I look back to when uh, Josh Burns had the foresight to ask AJ Hinch to be the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and you know, kind of be a pioneer of a guy who hadn't had a lot of experience as a manager, but stepping into that role. And you know, I'm just so happy for AJ that he was able to get a second opportunity because I think he was under the magnifying glass and, and really was unfortunately in the crossroads of old traditional baseball and the new progressive and was a casualty of that process. He gets a second chance to manage. He wins a world series, but I look at a guy like AJ having blazed a trail for guys like Aaron Boone, uh, guys like Brad Osmus and Mike Matheny and Scott service, uh, just to, just to name a few, you know, Craig council, and maybe now even Alex Cora and, and Aaron Boone. It's it's kind of the wave of the now. These guys who have had uh, illustrious playing careers, who are always very high-minded individuals, but high-character individuals, getting opportunities where the resumes are, maybe aren't quite as robust as the traditional manager relative to managerial opportunities. But guys who've earned their stripes, earned their credibility, great communicators and great baseball minds. And I think Aaron Boone is the next in that long line of illustrious men. You've got all this international free agent money. I've got I've got a six year old that swings a pretty mean bat. I'm I'm open to relocating to the Dominican, fudging the birth certificate if you want to pay him. I mean, what are you guys going to do with all this international free agent money? Well, we're going to have to wait ten years apparently to sign your son. Well, a, I'm telling I, you, I can fudge the birth certificate if need be. You know, it's 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 interesting. Obviously, our intent was to to spend it as part of the package to entice Shohei Otani to come to us, but. It's remarkable since we've been taken out of that running how valuable other people find that money to be. So there's a secondary market where we could trade some of it to teams who are still in the mix, uh, as well as there's some international free agents that Fred Guerrero, Jose Leon, and Mike Radcliffe and their staffs have been looking at throughout the, the globe who they're recommending. So uh, we, will, we will spend that money. We will aggressively do so to try to improve the team. Uh, both depth from a depth standpoint, and and we're going to get creative with it. Uh, those have actually been as active of the conversations as we've had over the last forty eight hours have been with regards to that money. Were you guys in on those on those two Braves guys that ended up with who the the Angels and I, I think the Royals maybe? You know we I, we 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 certainly have scouted those guys. Had a lot of respect for them. Uh, the, the crew down in Venezuela and, and the Dominican <clears throat> had a lot of experience with those players. Had conversations with the agents, uh, clearly didn't ultimately come to a deal with, with those types of guys. But, but those are the types of guys that we're monitoring in yeah. the marketplace, guys that we, you know, were flushed into the marketplace unexpectedly. And, and, and that, that also is a secondary market that we can use or some of that money to access. And uh, there are a number of those guys still left unsigned at this point. I'll leave you after this. Byung-ho Park. I'm not even quite sure I can decipher some of these reports coming out of, coming out of Korea. But they're claiming that you guys were unfair to him. What what would you say about the decision to part ways with Byung Ho Park and any frustration that him, his agent, others might have? Uh, well, I don't I don't think there's an actually we're allowed to have any sort of official deal with them yet with regards to technically parting ways. But 
I, I would hope there wouldn't be any bad feeling. Yeah. Uh, you know, the relationship obviously predated my arrival here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always found him to be extremely professional, respectful, and certainly a very hardworking person. He came out of spring training last year having a tremendous spring training, and I know he was crestfallen when we sat down with him and, and informed him he hadn't made the club, and that was as circumstantial as anything because we needed a pitcher, and then sadly he got off to a nice little start and then got hurt. So it really kind of, of hamstrung his, his season last year. So I think if, if things had worked out slightly differently, he certainly could have been back up in the big leagues last year. Didn't work out that way. But I, I think we walk away from the situation feeling like we, we had a very good relationship with him and hopefully one that will prevail over the years. I've got you down for next week acquiring Chris Archer, signing Wade Davis, and signing Carlos Santana. How does that sound? Yeah, it has a very, very nice ring to it. <laughs> uh, we, I, I will uh, I will not go to Orlando if that's the the case. We can go <laughs> check a few of our boxes. Thad, you're always so generous with your time. Thank you so much. Take care. Twins GM Thad Levine. I will actually hold Mark Coyle, Gophers AD Mark Coyle, for next week, episode 115. I just don't want to make this an hour podcast after doing an hour podcast earlier in the week. Plus, I will hold Mark for some TV stuff. He was actually really good. Had a very nice conversation with Gophers AD Mark Coyle on Thursday morning on campus, covering all sorts of ground. P.J. Fleck, football, men's basketball, the issues with drawing people to men's hockey games, the Athletes' Village. All sorts of different tentacles were discussed with Mark Coyle, 18, 19 months on the job, what he now knows about the job that he didn't know when he took it, stuff like that. But I will hold that for episode 115. So we'll make this actually a twin-centric scoop podcast. A few leftover notes. So talking to Thad there, you know, he said there was dialogue with the agents for, for those guys that left the Braves, that Major League Baseball said, hey, the Braves, you're losing your 2016 international free agent class. Kevin Maton was the bigwig. Now, on previous Scoop podcasts, I noted of the Twins' interest in Maton. I can't quite confirm this, but Lavelli Neal of the Star Tribune, the best I'll share in my wedding, good friend Lavelli Neal, reports that the Twins offered Maton more money than the Angels. Now, Maton is represented by the Legacy Agency. The Twins have a good working relationship with Peter Greenberg, Ed Greenberg, others with Legacy that had their fingerprints on Maton. It does make sense when you think about Maton being an infielder. You look at the Twins' farm system. Maybe there is a quicker path to the majors in the Angels' farm system compared to the Twins' farm system. I get all that. So logically, it does make sense. If I can confirm that the Twins offered more than $2.2 million to Maton, I will certainly pass it along. But it does make some sense because I know the Twins had a lot of interest in Maton. Levine just confirmed in our conversation, hey, we had a conversation with his agent. But again, the Star Tribune, I'll credit them with the note that the Twins offered Maton more than the Angels. He just decided to choose the Angels because the farm system isn't as thick, isn't as rich with the Angels. So maybe a path to the majors is a bit more clear with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Also on the Twins, so Levine, I taped that interview with Levine on Wednesday late afternoon. It was a few hours later. The Twins announced a couple transactions, a couple trades. They moved $1 million of international slot money to the Mariners, another $1 million to the Angels, those two teams in pursuit of Shohei Otani. The Twins got a couple top five round draft picks from 2017 in exchange. They got a catcher from the Mariners, an outfielder from the Angels. The outfielder, his last name is Pearson. Here's a scouting report on Pearson from a Twins official. I'll read it verbatim. 
We worked Pearson hard all spring. Our guys love his swing, and he's a plus runner with a chance to play center field. We think he's got a shot to have a little pop, too. He was in our plans going into day two. Then we pivoted and ended up spending our money on Enlow. That's the pitcher Enlow. Then Pearson went like 9-10 picks after Enlow. But they really liked Pearson. So, hey, they got a guy that they did all sorts of homework on going back to June with the draft. They got him for just moving $1 million in slot money. Then the catcher, Benuelos, he was a fifth-round pick of the Mariners. Here's the scouting report from a Twins official. Defense first guy with a plus arm. Put together a good spring with the bat. He's a very young college player with good makeup. Had very good framing and receiving metrics that our analyst crew loved as well. So the Twins got two guys that they thought highly of going back to the June draft just by moving that slot money. Hey, that's pretty shrewd. No guarantee that either guy makes it to the majors, even comes close to making it to the majors. But good rolls of the dice when you have all that international money. The Twins still have about $1.2 million in international money. I'm told that is enough to re-sign Jelfrey Marte. He's the Dominican shortstop. The Twins voided his contract. He failed a physical going back to September. I reported when he was in town in September. He ended up failing a physical. The news didn't leak until you know early November. The Twins did a good job keeping that under wraps. But Marte still has interest in being a twin, I'm told. The Twins offered him just over $1 million. That is enough to retain him. There is dialogue, but no guarantee that Marte chooses to be a twin. The Twins are one of a few teams in the mix for him. But the Twins will still use that money. That money is still valuable. They can make another trade. They could sign Marte. They're also in the mix on at least one of the guys that was voided, you know, that was belonging to the Braves that is now a free agent. The top two guys signed. You know, Maton signed with the Angels, a pitcher signed with the Royals, but there are still a number of other players that have a chance The Twins are in the mix on one of those players. Tyler Chatwood signed with the Cubs on Thursday afternoon, three years, $38 million. The Twins were heavily interested in Chatwood. No sense it ever got to the point of the Twins making an actual offer, but the Twins had all sorts of conversations with Chatwood's agent. For what it's worth, Chatwood's agent also represents Lance Lynn. So The Twins have also had a number of conversations with Lance Lynn's agent. Now, you heard Thad say they have identified 6 to 12 teams they will talk heavy trade with next week in Orlando. I still will continue to say I see the Twins making a trade for a starting pitcher before I see them signing, you know, you Darvish for six years, $120 million, or Lance Lynn for, you know, five years, 90 or $100 million, even though they like those guys. I wouldn't dismiss any possibility, but I do think there's been enough healthy trade dialogue that I wouldn't dismiss the possibility of a trade. And if I had to bet, I think think they go trade before signing a guy. Here are some of the teams. Now, Thad wouldn't identify the teams. I don't have the full list of teams, but you can bet on the Rays, Pirates, Reds, and Mets being four of the teams the Twins will talk trade with next week in Orlando. Please support the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast, Running Tap, running-tap.com online. It is a beer delivery service. They deliver all the good local beer. You think about so many good local breweries. They grab that beer. It's fresh. They deliver it right to you. It's snap of the fingers. You place the order. They may be at your doorstep like in 60 minutes, 90 minutes. Think about heading into the weekend. It's a great football viewing weekend. Any weekend is a good football viewing weekend. So many good sports on TV this weekend. If you're going to be holed up at home, Why not have some good local beer delivered right to you? Plus, if you use the promo code THESCOOP002, 
the scoop 002 you get $20 off your order of $30 or more so you got to spend 30 but you get $20 off they deliver on Sundays there's no upcharge for delivering on Sundays it's the same as Saturdays so check them out running-tap.com we'll be back next week with episode 115 gophers ad mark coyle will be on that episode I've been meaning to track down Sam Mitchell, J.B. Bickerstaff. We can always have George Carl on the podcast. You know, we'll we'll come up with some other ideas, but certainly Mark Coyle. Plus, hey, it's a busy time of the year. It'll get even busier next week for the Twins. We've got the Vikings trying to make a run to 14-2 and in the regular season and ultimately to the Super Bowl. So lots going on with the Vikings. David Morgan back at practice on Thursday. So that's a good sign. Good blocking tight end. Really good guy, too. That's a good sign. It looks like Mike Remmers will miss another game, but hey, Rashad Hill has been more than adequate at right tackle. So the Vikings at the Panthers this Sunday. So there's always something going on with the Vikings, even though no dialogue right now when it comes to extending guys like Case Keenum, Jarek McKinnon, and so on. Gophers men's hoops. You've got volleyball making a serious run, although we'll see how they do this weekend, but maybe they make another run to the Final Four for a third consecutive year. Just a ton going on. There's always Wolf stuff. You know, the wild. So it's a busy time of the year. So we'll be all over it on Scoop Podcast episode 115 next week. In the meantime, hopefully you enjoyed this one. Scoop Podcast episode 114, twin-centric. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This- Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and 320 and 23.